Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, NVIDIA's plans to acquire ARM have officially died. The EU drops some hard truth about Facebook to Facebook. Ubisoft has decided to give its employees an insult rather than a pay raise. And Samsung has basically revived the entire note line. All that and more. Come up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, you know it's Ramey This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We got a lot to talk about today, but first we're going to start off with a little bit of an update in regards to the stock price of Meta. Last week, or was it the week before? It might have been two weeks ago, actually, now that I think about it. No, it was last week. Last week we talked about the massive dip. In Facebook stock price, also known as Meta. And the reason that was given was because the user base of Facebook has finally gone down. And there was a massive panic sell off as saying, this is it. This is when Facebook fi- finally is not worth it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that the price was going to spike back up. Well, you want to know why I'm not a, not a financial expert? Because I was wrong. The price dipped during the big sell-off from 323 all the way down to two, uh, 237.76. and 76. The stock price then dipped further down all the way down to 220 which then caused it to spike back up to 232 and has been on a downward trend since. At the time of recording this, it is at 219.55. There's something else going on. There is no way that everyone abandons this much faith in Facebook without there being something else. Could it be that finally, finally after 10,000 years, most of the people are finally looking at Facebook and contemplating whether their business model has a future? Good question, isn't it? Someone in chat mentions that inf- there's inflation on top of all this, too. I think that inflation has less to do with this, personally. Although, maybe it could be that a lot of people are just selling off their stocks just because they'd rather have a bit more money in their pocket because your dollar currently buys a lot less right now because of the inflation. That could be an element in this as well. But in any case... Definitely interesting, definitely fascinating that this many people that aren't tech, that are only like somewhat tech savvy, 
this isn't like all of the tech savvy news reporters got around and then talked about how we should all stop buying Facebook because they're a terrible corporation that goes ahead and mines you and everything that makes you unique and sells it for a profit. And they're even bad at that because of all the data leaks. We've been talking about that for what? 7,000 years? Since dinosaurs roamed Main Street? Because in the end, what you care about when it comes to Facebook and Meta as a stockholder, can you generate money? And is it going to sustainably generate more money? Someone in chat says with the, with the rise of TikTok as a popular platform, that has something to do with it. I would say no. TikTok is more a danger to media consumption platforms like YouTube, like, why can't I think of the one? Twitch. Platforms like that play a bigger role. Now, Facebook does have a media consumption platform. Very few go to Facebook as, say, a replacement for YouTube. Very few go to Facebook as a replacement for Twitch. But at the same time, I can't figure out any other reason. Maybe that is the case. Maybe it is the fact that there's more of an eyeball on what Facebook does. There have been some talks lately about Facebook being broken up a bit. Perhaps that also has a role to play in this. Someone in chat asked, does Instagram have video? I think it does, but most people don't use it. I admit I have an Instagram channel or Instagram account that I use for the channel. And I think I have uploaded like nothing. I'm actually going through the accounts feed right now. And it's just like one guy sharing like artsy stuff he found and that's it. Oh, never mind. We have one VR chat video on Instagram that uh, is at like five frames a second. Actually, for that fact, I don't think of a whole lot of people that really talk about Instagram like at all. Of course, that could just be my circle that that I take part in. But in any case, Meta is still going down in value. We'll be keeping an eye on that and talking about any sort of developments as we hear them. Speaking of things that are going down, NVIDIA has officially killed the deal to purchase ARM. We've been talking about this potential for a while now. It looked like it was going to be less and less likely to happen. Now it is official NVIDIA is not going to own ARM. It does mean, however, NVIDIA does have to pay out, like, where is it? There it is. NVIDIA does have to pay out $1.25 billion as compensation 
for the deal falling apart. In a related story, this is also why NVIDIA's stock price fell down. So SoftBank is just going to go ahead. They're going to go ahead and have an IPO. There's some rumblings about a Chinese division of ARM being a problem and all that, but we'll see how it goes. But if you were worried about NVIDIA having complete domination over the ARM market and just raking in money hand over fist while producing no GPUs for anyone to use, that fear is no longer the case. That being said, though, there is a bill currently being pushed called the Open App Markets Act. Now, realistically, I'm going to be perfectly honest. This this bill is going to go nowhere. As much as I'd like to see this bill kind of get advanced... What this bill is supposed to do, by the way, is that it's supposed to make it so that platforms like iOS, like Android, to be able to have additional marketplaces and allow them on there. So you can't have a walled garden scenario like you do on iOS. You also have it to a lesser extent on Android, but nowhere near as bad as it is on iOS. This bill is supposed to change that. I'll, I'll just tell you this right now. The, the situation that's going on currently in the political space, this bill is going to get shelved. It's currently made its way out of the, out of the, out of the Judiciary Committee. And should go to the floor of the Senate to get voted on. I don't think it will. I think we're not going to hear about this bill until next year. Just because right now, the political climate is currently staring really worryingly at Russia. It just is. And then also you're in an election year, so... Not a lot of people are going to have a stomach for voting on anything that could be remotely controversial whatsoever. But here's the reason why I bring it up, and it's not to try and inject politics into the show. It's not. Here's the question I want to ask to you, the viewer. Is this actually a good idea? Should a federal governmental body force a company like Apple, and I and I will keep using Apple in, in this case because Google doesn't do this nearly as badly. Like on my phone right now, there are two marketplaces. One I never use. There's the Samsung App Store, and then there's also the Google Play Store. 
So my phone that I currently use would be emitted from this. But do you think that an additional app store should be mandatory on iPhones? Because that's what this sort of thing would basically force. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know what the correct answer is. I do agree the iPhone does need some software competition on the platform. It is currently a massive walled garden, and Apple taking a 30% cut of literally everything is gross. But then again, the entire mobile market for software is also really, really disgusting right now. Seeing as how every single app and their mother pretty much makes their money either by A, mining information from you and selling it to advertisers, B, by using predatory marketing practices like loot boxes or just straight up gambling or just straight up making a program that basically requires to you to pay constantly in order to use the app in any sort of reasonable fashion or most likely both so the mobile marketplace is one that's just really unhealthy right now would a, would, a, would a bill, would a law like this be the correct direction or not? I don't know. That's why I'm actually curious. In the end, we'll just have to wait and see how this goes. Apple is pushing out an update to the iPhone to allow... Phones to just contact us, con- blah, 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 blah. allowing iPhones and U.S. merchants to be able to accept Apple Pay and other contactless payments simply by using an app. By God, wow! I can, I cannot speak. All of a sudden, Apple is launching a program that will allow merchants to accept. Apple Pay and other contactless payment systems by simply using an iPhone and a partner-enabled iOS app. Now, here is the question I have. What is the cut? Cool feature. Don't get me wrong. Especially since right now, and this is something that a lot of people are not talking about. If you are a business right now, here's my challenge to you. Go find a brand new cash register. 
go find a brand new credit card reader. You can't, by the way. They are basically extinct right now. I'm not even kidding. Major chains like Office Depot have not had cash registers in stock since, no joke, August of 2020. The only ones they have are their display models, and that's it. Specialty stores. They have not seen any new stock since January of 2021. They're non-existent right now. And it's all thanks to the ship shortage. It is absolutely insane just how bad the stock is on something very simple like a credit card reader. I can imagine for a lot of devices, for a lot of businesses, this program that Apple has just launched is a godsend. Because all you need is an iPhone. That's it. You might not be able to insert a chip card. You might not be able to swipe a card. But at least you can take some kind of payment. You at least have some kind of record keeping that you need to run your business. Someone mentioned before that, the, oh, the MIK address is a metal box. Yeah, you go ahead and tell that to your accountant. Let me know how all that works for you. Trust me, if I tried telling that to my accountant, this podcast would die because I would be a corpse floating down the Mississippi River. That kind of stuff doesn't fly outside of, say, oh, I don't know, a rummage sale. That's something I should have done while I was hunting down a... uh, a backup cash register. A church bake sale. So, someone in chat mentioned a church bake sale. You could probably get away with it there. And that's about it. It's it's quite possible, yeah. So this sort of thing actually could play a big, big role for small businesses. This is actually a story I completely forgot about that I had in this this lineup. It actually might have actually led to uh, one of the reasons why uh, Meta's price, price has actually been going low. The European Union 
was talking about how some of the data regulations is preventing Meta from functioning properly inside of Europe, and that it may in fact shut down Facebook inside of Europe. And you know what Europe's answer to it was? Do it. Come on, do it. You won't. They literally went ahead and said that life would be very good without it. Dang. This story was on the 9th. Let's actually go back to the chart and see what that would have been. Oh, yeah, sure enough. That's actually when Meta's stock price hit its peak over the last week of 232 and then started sloping back down. Someone in chat says, oh, don't worry. We'll use Instagram instead. Part of this was the fact that Instagram and Facebook might shut down in Europe. So... Yeah. In fact, one quote specifically from German's new economic economy minister, Robert Habeck, said, quote, after I was hacked, I have lived without Facebook and Twitter for four years and life has been fantastic. This actually could be the trend that finally kills outlets like Facebook. This kind of mentality that we don't need it. I'll be perfectly honest. I use Facebook currently for one thing and one thing only. To post updates about the business I run. That's it. Actually, two things. One was also put push to push out a help wanted sign. Of which then two people applied, one of which did not have the work experience required, and the other person uh, replied saying, I have the experience, but then said they they wouldn't work for less than a certain amount, and that certain amount was like 50% more than I pay myself as the owner of the company. And also refused to give prior work experience and also refused to give uh, past education. So actually, Facebook didn't help at all in that regard. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. We're actually going to take our first break a little bit early. When we come back, 
I want to talk about Twitch's new updated username policy, as well as... Actually, you know what? No, we're actually going to talk about Twitch's policy right now. I take that back. Twitch has updated its username policy. Specifically banning sex and hard drugs from usernames. However, cannabis and alcohol are still allowed in the usernames. I I have this question. How is this news now? Seriously, how is this not the policy at Twitch since 19 always? You know those kind of times when I talk about Apple introducing new features and you kind of just go ahead and think, oh, wow, wow, wow. How the heck was... uh?" How the heck has that not been a feature already? Like the fact that this is news is stunning to me. Absolutely stunning. You would have thought that Twitch, when it was under under the eye of what is and isn't considered safe. That this would have been talked about already. That this would have already been in the username policy. Especially when they pushed out their guidelines before. And everyone was worried about, well, what about this? What about that? I do this this common basic thing. Does that mean I can no longer do it? Oh, is my Twitch career ruined? How the heck was this not included during that whole thing? When everyone tried to talk about... Cleaning up streamers' acts. I just can't even with Twitch sometimes. It absolutely blows me away. It really, really does. So yeah, profane names are now under tighter scrutiny. Zonan Chat asks, does that mean that the number 69 inside... uh, Names are gonna are gonna get uh, weeded out too. I imagine not. Here's one thing I know about how Twitch implements its policies. Um, Twitch policies they are not chiseled in stone. They are not rock solid. They aren't even written on loose leaf with pen. They are written in like. You know that kind of pencil you use in art class that has a really, really soft tip, but is really ideal because you can rub it away with your thumb and leave these really cool shading streak marks. That's kind of how Twitch's policy is written in. Twitch talks a really hard game and a really stiff game, but when it comes to actually enforcing those rules, They really, really do go by a case-by-case basis. 
and only implement the hard letter of their rules when it's absolutely deemed intentional. Someone on chat says, you know those boards that you write, write on with a brush and water and it fades away in 30 seconds? It's kind of like that, yeah. Although that being said at work, we have a whiteboard that uh, we can only get the marker off. I'm not even kidding. We can only get the marker off if we, if we actually go to our spotting section and grab like an ink remover. Like our whiteboard is terrible. I mean, if you don't believe me, if you think that, if you honestly still think that Twitch is going to be rock hard, going to be very stiff, very, very aggressive in the way they, they enforce their rules, I want to remind you that Twitch has rules on the books for no animal cruelty and no indecent exposure. And we've had a... We've had a streamer. I forgot her her name. Someone in chat probably knows it, and I really don't care. Who went ahead and jokingly fed? There we go, Alinity. Uh, someone in chat did, did remind me, and did and did jokingly didn't actually do it, but like tried to visually visually make it look like she was giving vodka to her cat, and then chucked. Her cat behind her, live on camera. Got zero punishment for either of those things. Yeah. No, Twitch is very lenient with how they enforce their rules. But at the same time, that is not a, that's not a go ahead to say, oh man, you should totally go ahead and make really, really racist drug, drug related usernames and you'll just get away with it. No problem. It means that if you're worried about your name being love you Two Sixty Nine, and you're worried you're going to get banned now because of it, you probably won't unless you go ahead and really 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 try to stir trouble we're gonna take a short break here when we come back we need to talk about ubisoft and also yes as someone mentioned in chat it is now officially zero weeks since last nft rant Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Well, yep, zero days since last NFT rant. Ubisoft cannot get a clue. And in order to try and get their developers on board with their whole scheme of uh, being on board for selling NFTs, 
Ubisoft has given their developers a reward. The reward being more NFTs. For those who do not know what an NFT is, let's get a very, very, very quick definition. An NFT it refers to non-fungible token. Fungible is a made-up word that means that it cannot be altered. Now, to top all of that off, an NFT consists of three parts and three parts only. The serial number that cannot be altered, a link to what the serial number is associated to, and the owner of the of of the token itself. That is it. Now, Ubisoft, well, let, let's just get to this point. An NFT, for the most part, is basically a scam. For the thing is with ownership, there needs to be something that acknowledges who the owner is. I can say that this cell phone that I'm holding right now belongs to me. The body that says it does is first off the law that gives a legal definition of what ownership is. My SIM card, which is registered to my name that is in the phone, the serial number on the phone registered to the SIM card. There are multiple different based on what I'm saying is there's multiple different layers that say I own this phone. The only thing that says that you are the owner of the NFT is the site that originally generated the NFT. That is it. If the site that hosts the image or whatever the digital good is that goes down, if it ever stops existing, if OpenSeas, which is the overwhelming source of most of these NFTs, ever goes away, you have a token that says you own nothing. Because the host website is gone, which has always been one of the things that has baffled me about every single crypto bro out there saying that NFTs are great because they're non-centralized. They are centralized. The site that made the NFT is the central point of failure. Now, in Ubisoft's case, the NFTs are associated with basically cosmetic skins for a game. That is what their entire quartz system, which is their NFT system, is based on. The NFT itself provides no actual real value other than to say that you as the owner of that skin could go ahead and sell that skin to someone else, which I hate to break it to you. could have been done without the necessity of creating a an NFT and put it on the blockchain. 
That's it. But of course, if your wallet that is associated with the NFT was hacked and then the NFT was stolen from you, you're SOL. That is the other thing that still baffles me to this day in regards to NFTs. It is shockingly easy to just go ahead and steal both NFTs and cryptocurrency as a whole. And because of the way that the blockchain is made, the theft is then registered as legitimate and there is no way to get your stolen property or money back ever. Because of course it's decentralized. It is for these reasons that we, as the potential consumers for NFTs, rebel against the push of NFTs. Because there is no added value at all. This cosmetic skin from Ubisoft has no additional value added to it because it is an NFT now. It still functions exactly the same even if the NFT was never made in the first place. It is still a cosmetic skin in a game. Most likely a game that you'll stop playing in about a year because a better game will have come have come out. Well, because it's an NFT and it is non-fungible, it means that this one item can go ahead and have additional value added to it, and therefore it could be worth more in the future as the value will inevitably go up because it's an NFT. How? This has been the one thing that has driven me insane with the crypto bros now. They refuse to elaborate their logic. And every single time that they continue to spill out the exact same reasons as to why cryptocurrency values will go up and why the value of NFTs will go up and why your picture of a fugly monkey that was generated by an algorithm is worth thousands upon thousands of dollars. It doesn't follow any logic. There is no additional value added because it's an NFT other than to someone with blind faith that it has additional value because it is an NFT. Every other gaming company is starting to get the, is starting to clue in on this. We have companies like, I hope this is actually the right, the right tab. Oh no, that's, that's, that's in regards to Newegg. I'm now cycling through my stories real quick to see if I have any others that are involving NFTs, but I think I don't. 
Nope, I do not. All right. We have com- we have developers like Team 17 that tried to launch an NFT project. It died. You want to know why it died? Because everyone within the company said, we do not want this. Every single one of their customers also said, we do not want this. Literally everyone looked at Team 17 and said, we absolutely do not, under any circumstances, want NFTs because they add no additional value. And I even talked about the power consumption problem with NFTs. I don't even need to use every single argument I have against NFTs and against crypto to go ahead and prove that it's a bad idea. That also being said, though, in regards to Team 17, keep an eye on them. Belluar Games had recently released a video in regards to Team 17 showing that the person in charge of of Team 17, which used to be a very indie-focused company, is showing some major signs of becoming the next Bobby Kotick. Yikes. That is very concerning. So yeah, Ubisoft developers are getting angry at Ubisoft for absolutely doubling down on NFTs and refusing to elaborate why NFTs are good. So far... No joke, the only excuse we've gotten from Ubisoft as to why NFTs are good are, quote, you just don't get it. So explain yourself. I honestly would love, underline love, to have anyone from Ubisoft actually explain this. Heck, come on the show. The mic's right here. Tell us, why are we wrong? Tell me, why am I wrong about NFTs? I'd welcome the argument. Hit me up. EagleFalconTech at gmail.com. It's the email for this podcast. Come on. Come on the show. Talk to me. Talk to the audience. Not just on Twitch, but on every single platform this podcast is on. Come on. Talk to me. You won't, though. 
none of them will. Every single major NFT and crypto plan out there, the instant you challenge them, they refuse to debate. They will instead, every single time, just silence you, just block you, mute you, whatever it is. They just want to go ahead and just shut down any sort of argument of logic. My chat is almost completely unreadable because a handful of people just want to keep saying neft inside the chat and we have made that an automatic timeout word. So my my entire chat right now is basically unreadable. So I have no idea what people have been saying about this. I I hate to remind you both twits in the chat and also the verge it's pronounced nft not neft for those who don't get the joke uh last week the verge put out an article trying to say that neft n-e-f-t is how you're supposed to pronounce n-f-t and then I went on like a 10 minute tirade about why that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life and how the verge is absolutely um dumb by the way speaking of nfts uh itch.io which is a steam competitor tm uh, has just straight up said NFTs are a scam and any and all NFT-based games are unwelcome on their platform. Itch.io is a very, very small game distribution platform, to be clear. Uh, they're mostly used for independent Uh, they're they're used primarily for independent um, games that are made. In fact, actually, one game that we made using RPG Maker uh, for the memes here at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon, we actually put out on itch.io because it was free. So it's not like itch.io is too obscure. But the fact they've gone ahead and just straight up said, no, absolutely not, does bring a little hope to my heart that NFT, that, that NFT games as a whole, this concept of, uh, what was the exact words that, that the uh, Square Enix CEO used? Play to earn, was it? As opposed to play to enjoy? I might have the words a little messed up. 
But that concept of video games being play to earn, that video games should be a second job where you go ahead and just earn fictional NFTs that are worth something because someone was dumb enough to think they are. The fact that that's vanishing very, very quickly does give me hope for the future that we're not becoming this close to just being a cyberpunk dystopian future. Anyway, let's talk about Newegg. We have an update on the Newegg scam stories. Are you ready for this? So for those who are unaware, the tech YouTuber Gamers Nexus had a... Well, let me start from the beginning. They had an Intel CPU they were trying to benchmark and they're having problems getting the CPU to work with their motherboard. They went ahead and ordered an open box motherboard from Newegg. And the fact that it's open box is key here, as you're about to see. During the time of transit, Gamers Nexus figured out how to get the current board they were using to work with the Intel chip. The open box motherboard arrived. They never even opened the box. They just put a return label on it and sent it back to Newegg, which you can do under their return policy. So they never opened the box. Newegg then refused the return, saying that Gamers Nexus damaged the board with thermal paste Oh, I mean, they damaged the socket. They were very unclear and kept changing their story during the refusal process of saying why why the return isn't allowed. Despite the fact that Gamers Nexus never opened the box. Well, Gamers Nexus then fought back, but they went out of their way to make sure they didn't reveal who they were. They did not, they wanted to see how deep this rabbit hole goes without revealing that, you know, they are an influential force inside the tech space, which by the way, I am greatly appreciated of. Because you'd hate to hear like, oh, hey, we didn't have any problems with Newegg. Also, we told Newegg that we were, you know, Gamers Nexus with 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube. That's not helping anyone but Gamers Nexus. After Newegg decided to refuse the return, Gamers Nexus went public with this story on uh, Twitter, to which then Newegg just very, very suddenly uh, decided to approve the return. Wow. What are the odds? And also, Newegg said they would return the defective board as well. This would prove to be a very, very fatal mistake on Newegg. They should have not given Gamers Nexus that board back. Because as it turns out, this board had a lot of info on it. 
like an RMA sticker on it. An RMA sticker to the manufacturer. And the people who went ahead and tried to RMA this board back to the manufacturer? The parent company of Newegg. And after Gamers Nexus did some more digging on this, they found that Newegg knew the socket was damaged. Oh, and before, before anyone goes, oh, well, clearly they did this during the return period. Uh, no, this... This RMH sticker was dated before Gamers Nexus bought the board. Other bits of juicy info there. So the board manufacturer told Newegg it would cost $100 to repair this board. Newegg refused to get it repaired and instead sold a knowingly damaged product from their website to someone knowing that it was a non-functional board. Someone in chat says, beware open box deals. Apparently, but here's the thing. Open box is one thing. Open box means that the box was open, but uh, you are still assured that you are being sold a functional product. Charging someone $500 for a non-functional board. There is no way the board would function with a damaged CPU socket. It is basically a giant pile of e-waste until it is repaired. That is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Another YouTuber also came forward after hearing this case from Gamers Nexus in regards to a content creator program where Newegg was very, very slow and negligent in delivering a CPU to a charity giveaway winner taking over five months to even respond and didn't respond until the content creator involved included the winner in the email chain as well as also refusing to pay the content creator for content made and was sponsored by Newegg. So, Newegg is a problem. Newegg is a serious man managerial problem. Oh, and to make matters even worse, Newegg, after hearing that the content creator was about to go public with the story, then offered to pay all the previous work at three times the value. There was nothing in the contract about a late penalty of 
100% for every month that it's late. But, you know, here's $300 as some hush money. Just, wow. I have no words to describe on just how bad this has gotten with Newegg. To think it wasn't all that long ago. Like, what would you say? Ten years ago? That Newegg, at least here in the U.S., was considered the de facto standard for getting computer components effectively and reliably. I personally wouldn't touch them now with a 10-foot pole. I don't know how Newegg starts to dig their way out of this mess they've got themselves in. I would say the first step that needs to happen would be... Well, first, there would definitely need to be some heads that need to publicly roll with their managerial staff. Like, I don't see how any, how it doesn't start with that. Like, it just has to. And then I would say they need to start being very, very public. Even if it means making their own videos for... for how they plan on revamping and re-looking at how they handle their RMA process from here on out. I apologize for my long breaks. I am very, very quickly trying to go through my, um, my YouTube history and try to find the content creator... Here we go. UFD Tech was the content creator that came forward about Newegg, essentially trying to bribe him to not go forward with his horror story of uh, both the charity stream that was sponsored by Newegg and also the videos he made for Newegg. And one final note in all this, Gamers Nexus has also come out again after their second video and said that the number of people that have contacted Gamers Nexus and said that They have had very, very similar stories about 
returns being denied for stuff that was not their fault is staggering. One last little corporate story before we move on. And that's the slightly better case of getting screwed by Best Buy. You see, in the case of Newegg, you get no product and you lose money. When all said and done, in Best Buy's case, you get a wallet with $200 less and a chance of getting a product you really want. So we talked before about the $200 membership within Best Buy to be able to get access to a lot of features. This whole thing was basically Best Buy's way of trying to make a... An Amazon Prime sort of membership. Trying to say like, oh, hey, we'll go ahead and give you free tech support if you pay us a certain amount amount annually. Oh, hey, for $200, you also get uh, faster shipping on our website. All that sort of thing. Like, on its face, you know, you are at the very least providing some value to the customer. And I'll be perfectly honest. If I wasn't, say absolute tech necromancer that actually has some sort of weird mental problem where I actually enjoy trying to bring dead technology back to life. I I admit it, it, it is a problem and it's unique to me. If it weren't for that, you know, if I was say someone a lot less tech literate and I had, you know, a computer that it's broken and I don't want to deal with it, you know, maybe $200 a month or I'm sorry, not a month, a year, it might be worth it to just go ahead and take it down the street to a local Best Buy and say, hey, go fix this. You know, if it weren't for the fact that I have no faith in the Geek Squad. That could have value to someone. Now here's where the problem is. Part of that $200 a year also gives you access to have first pick of, quote, in-demand products. Someone in chat says the problem is that with the Geek Squad, anyone that has A-plus certification is overqualified to work for the Geek Squad. I, I missed the word overqualified. Because I was about to say I, have, I had no A-plus certification and I could have gotten a job with the Geek Squad, no problem. Someone else in chat says, wait, they put the Geek Squad behind this as well? Yes and no. You can still go to Best Buy and use the Geek Squad without this membership. It's just that you still pay for both labor and parts. If you have this $200 membership, the labor is automatically covered. You pay nothing for the labor. You just pay for the parts. Like, that part of this whole thing, I don't fault. 
other than the fact that I wish it was, you know, tech support that was better than the Geek Squad. Man, remember when you had respect for the Geek Squad? Man, I was younger and more naive back then. But anyway, back to the problem at hand. The problem at hand is that this $200 membership gives you first crack at in-demand items. At first, it only covered the, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series series. The new update is that it now covers all RTX GPUs. You know, half the thing you need to make a gaming computer. Yeah. All graphic cards. At Best Buy. Unless you have their membership that I don't remember what the name of it is and I really don't care to know anymore. If you don't have that, your pers- your chance of getting a GPU is now zero. So, let's pretend now in my PC now, the GTX 1060 dies. And I need a GPU today. All right, I have now timed it. I can go ahead. I can get a 3050 because that's all I need to go ahead and get it. I have to then get that membership and then pray that the scalping bots that are inevitably there do not beat me to the punch. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It took me more than six nanoseconds to, to fill the application out. Well, I guess I'm SOL. Great program! Isn't it great? And of course, this doesn't even help! This doesn't even hinder the scalping problem. Because it's a $200 one-time fee. Oh boy, $200 to go ahead and buy 20 GPUs? I can go ahead and sell it at 300% markup? That's a small price to pay to be a scummy piece of hot garbage. Yeah, great program, isn't it? I'm telling you, I'm telling you this right now. Until the new foundry from TSMC opens up, this GPU problem is going to be the norm. And I really, 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 really wish it wasn't. but that is unfortunately the nature of the beast that we're in right now. And the fact that companies like Best Buy just want to go ahead and make sure they get their markup without going ahead and risking courts looking at Best Buy and saying, excuse me, did you know that price gouging illegal?
Welcome to the world we live in now. Everyone in chat, by the way, is now cursing my name because I dared to use my 1060 in the example for what happens if a GPU dies. This, all joking aside, every single one of us with an older GPU lives in fear of this. Because if that GPU dies, we are effed. I at least have a backup. I at least somewhere on the shelf. Wait, where is it? Somewhere in this apartment, I have a 780. Somewhere. And at least I have that backup. If I didn't have that backup, this stream wouldn't be able to function. Dude. <laughs> Someone in, in chat said it walked. Oh no, worse. Someone broke into my apartment, left no evidence of a break-in, and only stole a 780. Not my, not my 1060, not my 1660 that are in either of my, uh, either of my computers, not any of my ga game consoles. No, they only stole the 780. <laughs> Seriously, where the heck did it go? Well, I'm, we're going to take a break so I can locate my backup GPU. And when we come back, I want to talk for a minute about... SSD prices. Because speaking of chip shortages, they're next. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Western Digital has a problem due to a manufacturing defect flash chips produced by western digital are unsuitable for ssd construction and in fact western digital lost 6.5 exabytes that is 6500 petabytes worth of flash NAND that is not usable for any SSDs. That's a lot. That is a, that is just tons upon tons of SSDs that cannot be made because of this defect. So what does it mean in the end? It's only going to be what? How, ma how many uh, one terabyte drives that can't be made? 6.5 million one terabyte SSD drives that can't be made? That's no big deal, right? Well, think about it for a second. The entire market of SSDs is now going to need to try and fill a void of 6.5 million SSD drives. We already had a chip shortage. We're already in a chip shortage. And now you have a shortage of the chips needed to make the SSDs on top of that. 
My friends, SSD prices are going to go up. There's no other way around it. How much are they going to go up? How long will it last? I don't know. It just means that for those who are in the boat of trying to go ahead and wait their way through this shortage until prices start coming back down to a sane level, we're going to have to wait even longer. And as someone myself who is using two quad core workstations that are unable to upgrade to Windows 11, I'm kind of in that boat too, where at some point soon, I'm going to have to upgrade my system. And well, right now it's just not feasible at all. That being said, though, the used market is starting to become a slightly bit more sane. Before when 8-core CPUs for my workstations were not available, I just scooped one up for roughly one quarter of what it used to be. 8-core CPU about a year ago was about $300-$400. 8-core CPU now, $80. So, hey, there's hope, question mark, in a market of absolute, complete hopelessness. (sighs) It is becoming a little bit maddening, I'll tell you what. Let's get an update about the Activision Blizzard story. Activision Blizzard, for those who are unaware, has uh, mismanaged themselves into, well, basically death. And at the very last minute, when employees were either looking at either quitting or forming a union... And more and more key talent was trying to leave. Their game states were starting to look more and more grim. World of Warcraft was, uh, well, it's still hemorrhaging players. Every other game they have has been in a giant holding pattern. Diablo is still wondering if you guys do not have phones or not. It's not been a good case for Blizzard. Fortunately for Blizzard... Microsoft announced plans to acquire Activision Blizzard for just shy of $69 billion. Well, here's the problem. The FTC is now looking at Microsoft and saying, isn't this going to create a monopoly? Isn't this going to be a problem? And what did I say was going to happen that was going to be the hurdle? Like everyone was saying, oh, don't worry. Activision Blizzard is basically bought by Microsoft. It's a done deal. They wouldn't make the, they wouldn't buy this thing if they knew that uh, there was going to be a monopolistic problem. All of those people had no idea. Lo and behold, the FTC is now looking into it. 
just like I said they were going to be looking into it. Well, this is, fortunately, has given us a little bit of insight. Microsoft has confirmed before the FTC that Activision Blizzard, under their management, will continue to release games for the PlayStation platform as well as Nintendo platforms. So Microsoft, at least at this time, is telling us, and more importantly, the FTC, because, man, you, you lying to the FTC or any sort of government acronym, so much worse for your health than lying to literally anyone else. So at least it appears Microsoft is not acquiring Activision Blizzard for the sole purpose of having console exclusivity deals. So that's a good sign. That is good to hear. In addition, there's some more good news. News has come out that Microsoft is watching Activision Blizzard to ensure the right people are in charge. So, in this case, this is a this actually does show that Microsoft did lie about one thing. Cuz Microsoft said in their press announcement, we're going to let Blizzard operate autonomously until the deal goes through. Clearly that's a lie. Because standing over the shoulder of Activision Blizzard, glaring down and tapping your foot to make sure that the life decisions you make are the correct ones, that's not operating autonomously. But in this case, I'd have to say that uh, Microsoft uh, glaring down at Blizzard to make sure they don't go ahead and continue to be terrible people is in fact good. This also feeds into some of the thoughts that are going on at, at uh, World of Warcraft being more about Blizzard reacting to Microsoft than Blizzard reacting to their player base. For those who are unaware, Blizzard has been doing a lot of decisions lately with World of Warcraft that have been more focused on actually improving the game. The state of World of Warcraft has been solely to milk as much money out of their player base as possible. The existence of the WoW token... The whole thing about allowing basically bots to run rampant. To allow more and more internal groups within World of Warcraft to accept money for, or to accept gold to go ahead and say, sell dungeon runs. A lot of things that other MMOs would have cracked down on Blizzard has allowed 
because it has meant that large gold transactions were allowed to happen, which then, of course, necessitated the need for the WoW token to be bought. But, of course, someone needs to buy that WoW token, which either then goes to the people who sell the runs or the gold farming bots that have been allowed to run completely unhindered. All of a sudden now, large organizations that do dungeon run selling are being cracked down upon by by Blizzard. Bots are starting to see more and more bans. World of Warcraft is starting to try and clean up its act, and other features such as cross-faction dungeon runs are being planned and implemented. World of Warcraft is now starting to do its best to clean up its act, and I made the argument, I can't remember if it was on this podcast or not, that World of Warcraft is not doing it because there's been a mass exodus from WoW to games like Final Fantasy XIV, WoW is doing it because they want to make sure everything is in proper shape for their new Microsoft overlords. And wouldn't you know it, I might be right. And honestly, in this case, I'd say, please, please keep making sure that Blizzard stops shooting itself in the foot. I would much rather see Activision Blizzard clean up its act and their employees treated with some actual respect for once than to see the entire company go down in flames. And before anyone says, oh, but if Activision Blizzard dies, then... Bobby Kodak's fortune also dies. No, Bobby Kodak's going to make sure he gets his golden parachute, whether Blizzard dies or not. Unfortunately, Bobby Kodak will still make his billions regardless. And I wish there was a way it wouldn't. It is just a shame. It really is. Although, who knows? Maybe it'll be sued into oblivion for these accusations of sexual harassment. Anyway, now that I'm thoroughly depressed about Blizzard, let's shift gears to uh, a very, very weird little rant from another small company. For those that don't know about GPD, let's go over it real quick. GDP or GPD, I'm sorry, is an acronym for a company name that I can't remember what it stands for. But what is important is that they make small Windows-based computers. And when I say small, I mean real small. Like, we're talking screen sizes between 5 and 10 inches, usually evening out to about the 7, 8-inch mark. They have made micro pocket-sized computers that run on Windows, as well as 
making Windows gaming machines that have gamed okay that fit in your hand. And these devices have usually cost anywhere between $700 and $1,500. They have not been cheap. But mostly because GPD is a small manufacturer. And these are very niche products. Let's be honest. The only people who are going to go ahead and buy a 7-inch Windows PC are basically tech enthusiasts. Most normal people, if they want a small pocket computer, they already have one. It's called a smartphone. Only crazy people would go ahead and want an unfolding device that fits in their pocket, that has a keyboard and whatnot. Yes, I absolutely want it, by the way. I don't know what the heck I'd I'd use it for. Probably nothing. But it just seems like a cool thing to have. Well, the thing is that GPD is now threatened. They have been threatened by one really hot device that has hit the market. It is called the Steam Deck. Valve is making a Linux-based mini-computer that has twin joysticks, a bunch of shoulder buttons, and controls specifically focused to be gaming. It basically becomes a Nintendo Switch that doesn't switch but can play virtually every single PC game there is. And the Steam Deck uses a custom AMD SoC that uses not only x86 architecture, not ARM, so there is no emulation involved in a lot of this. It also uses a flavor of Linux, so you avoid your Windows licensing fees. And also hopes to be as optimized as possible. People are looking at the Steam Deck right now, and it actually looks to be competent at PC gaming. A very viable option for those who want to do PC gaming on the go. But you know what's even better? It starts at a little over $500. And the only sacrifice you make for that price is your internal storage, which, um, by the way, if you are brave with a screwdriver, you can upgrade that storage. It is socketed storage. Well, GPD is offended by this affordable version of what they've done for so long and have gone out on a, on an absolute rant on saying, well, there's nothing special about the Steam Deck. There's, there, there's nothing different than what we've done. We've been doing this for so long. Our products are far superior, and the CPU is just an ARM, uh, just an AMD-based thing, and me, 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 me. I'd go over the whole rant. But it'd be just me doing that voice for like 30 minutes. 
it is actually really, really sad to see GPD just basically blast the Steam Deck for making something that's not very special at all. And to be fair, the Steam Deck isn't very special compared to what GPD has done. It is a small x86-based computer that runs a custom flavor of Linux that plays video games. You could, if you want, just install Windows on a Steam Deck and just have a small Bluetooth keyboard with you. And you'd have, you know, a very portable PC. Nothing's stopping you. But you want to know why GPD is so salty? You want to know why GPD is so upset about this? You want to know why GPD went out on a massive tirade against the Steam Deck? Because GPD was never able to hit this price point. Would you want to buy a portable gaming PC for $800? It's hard to justify, isn't it? How about for half that? How about for 450 How about for 500 Oh, yeah, and there's plenty of documentation on how to upgrade the thing, too. Because Valve went ahead and was very, very public about that, too. about how to disassemble the whole thing and where to get parts. It's very easy for a lot of people lately on social media to talk about the problems with capitalism. GPD versus the Steam Deck is one of the big benefits of such an economic system. Someone went ahead, built what GPD did, and built it better, provide better support for it, and for cheaper. And before we go, but Steam went, but Valve went ahead and stole GPD's idea. No, GPD stole. Oh God, who built who built this sort of thing first? Like these kind of small handhelds that existed for a long, long time. Actually, you know who did it first? Nintendo. the very, very first one, the very, very first concept of a handheld gaming device would be Nintendo with the Game & Watch. Because that's all this is. It's a portable gaming device that has been opened up. And there's been evolutions of this more and more and more. 
the biggest thing that GPD did was try to go ahead, take that concept and open up the software to its fullest extent. That is where GPD excelled. But to see them go ahead and just go on this massive tirade is, well, it's disappointing to say the least. It really, really is. That being said, though, their latest version of it, the um, the GPD Win 3, I do like the fact that it basically looks like a switch, but the screen slides up to reveal a small keyboard to work with. I actually do like that design a lot. The only problem is that it starts at slightly over $1,100. Yeah, that, that, that is a hard pill to swallow. Oh, yeah, Samsung announced some stuff. You think I should just end, end, end that there? Is that how we should just talk about the Samsung Unpacked event? They announced stuff. All right, moving on. No, okay. Let's, let's talk about it a little bit. So Samsung basically announced six new items. And they are the Galaxy flagship phones. The S22, the S22 Plus, and the S22 Ultra. The S22 and the S22 Plus are basically slightly upgraded versions of the S21. They look the same. They have almost the exact same camera bump. Specs are a little bit higher. Cameras are a little bit better. Refresh rates on the screen are a little bit better. It's it's a decent upgrade. If you have an S21 already, there, there's no reason to upgrade. There isn't. The S22 Ultra, on the other hand. Oh, boy. Let's talk about the S22 Ultra. Because this phone is... um, This phone has some explaining to do. The back of the phone looks nothing like the the other S22s. The back actually looks very business-like. A lot like the old Note line. There is no camera bump. Just each one of the lenses is just further out, about as far as as the camera bump would be. The curves on the screen, it just curves around the sides a little bit, but the corners are very rigid, a lot like the the old note line. The screen real estate has no compromises. The only compromise, of course, is the little hole punch in the middle, which we're just going to deal with until the end of time, apparently. But the biggest feature on the S22 Ultra is the inclusion of an integrated stylus that hides in the bottom of the phone a lot like the note line. 
This is the note, isn't it? This is just straight up the note we were supposed to get. This is just the note 21 that we were supposed to get. Tell me I'm wrong. It looks exactly like the note. It looks like it came from a completely different section of Samsung. Like, we've only had the Ultras for a little bit now, all right? The 21 Ultra, which is what my phone is, looks exactly like the other 21s, except the camera bumps a little bit bigger to house the two extra cameras. Someone in chat asked, does it have an audio jack? What do you think? No, of course it doesn't. No, no phones have no phones have, have an audio jack. If you think a phone has an audio jack, it is not a current a current phone. It is a unicorn. No smartphones have audio jacks. The only things that do have audio jacks are tech unicorns. The same thing with SD cards. No phones have, have SD cards in, in them either. They, only unicorns have SD cards in them. And that actually is, I've, I've given up on that. I've, I've given up. Th- that is going to be a battle I am never going to win. Just, just, just give me my giant ju- juice box of, of tech cope. Because I'm never going to see a headphone jack again. It's, it's never going to happen. We're never going to see expandable storage either. Which is a shame. Because I really, really, really do wish... that this S22 Ultra would have an SD card. Someone in the chat has said that they have shown off their LG phone. LG doesn't make smartphones anymore. There's your problem. Someone else in chat says my S20 has an SD card. The S20 is not a a smartphone. It is a unicorn. I, I thought we went over this. If your phone has a headphone jack or an SD card reader or both. It is not a phone anymore. It is a unicorn. Are are we clear about this yet? Apple won. Apple won and everyone was dumb enough to allow Apple to win. That is the unfortunate truth of the matter. Yes, I am still salty about it, but I acknowledge I'm never winning that fight. I wish I would win that fight, but I'm not. Also, uh, in addition to these three phones, the S22, the S22 Plus, and the Note 22, Samsung also revealed large 14-inch tablets that run Android. All right, show of hands. Who actually wants a 14-inch tablet that runs Android rather than 
spending that money on an actual laptop that runs any other operating system. Other than Chrome OS, you should not... I'll, I'll just say this. The, o- the only... If your only chance, if your only option was either buying a $1,400 Chromebook or this tablet, I would buy this tablet. Just straight up. But, you know, if you lived in a free market where you can go ahead and spend your $1,400 on anything else, I would pick anything else. I cannot imagine a scenario where $1,400 for an Android tablet makes sense. I just don't. I think this, what are they calling it? The Tab S8 Ultra is an absolute waste of money and to make matters even worse it has a notch in the screen $1400 for a tablet with bezels and you still take out a chunk of the screen for a front facing camera no one's going to use come on and it's in the middle of the side my thumb's going to cover it I guarantee it And then people wonder why I seem like I've gone mad. This, this right here, $1,400 Android tablets is why I've gone mad. That and also having to come to the acceptance that headphones on smartphones is a tech unicorn. Just SMH, that's all I can do. Just just keep saying SMH and shaking my head. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. The Some really really bizarre stuff including the real problem with Starlink and Russia being anti Minecraft Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Although with this little bit of our own nostalgia brings fond memories, it's time for a cold dose of reality to, well, Elon Musk. SpaceX has lost 40 satellites thanks to a geomagnetic storm. SpaceX... Well, the whole point of these satellites was, in fact, to power power Starlink, a internet network using these satellites to give an internet signal anywhere on the planet. Well, you know, fine. These things happen. These satellites are lost. We just need to launch other ones, right? 
Well, finally, NASA apparently woke up from its slumber to say that, you know, hey, Starlink, um, can we talk for a second about how you plan on launching 30,000 more satellites into space? We just want to make sure that uh, this isn't going to cause a massive problem like, oh, I don't know, blanketing the entire planet in satellites. Which then brings us to one common topic that seems to keep coming up here on Eagle Eyes on Tech. How did this conversation not happen sooner? Come on! Wouldn't you have just assumed? That SpaceX would have already talked to NASA and, oh, I don't know, any other space program by any other country about this? About coding the planet in satellites? Well, apparently, not as much as we would have thought. So it looks like the whole concept of Starlink might hit a brick wall. But I guess in the end, all we can do is just watch and see if this dream of reliable internet without the use of cell signals is going to happen or not. Chat, however, is bringing up a very, very good point. If we haven't learned anything from watching Tesla operate its self-driving program, we would know that Elon Musk consults literally no one and just does whatever the heck he wants. Yeah. I suppose when you put it like that, I should have known. We all should have known. I still want to know when uh, when government bodies are going to look at Elon Musk and his hand that he played in accidentally manipulating cryptocurrency markets and potentially look into that as far as other concerns. But now I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Russia sentences teens over terrorist plot to blow up a Minecraft FSB building. The FSB, which is an acronym that I don't know what it is, but I do know the FSB, the FSB is basically the modern equivalent to the KGB in Russia. And basically what this sentence on these teams for committing a terrorist plot is that these teens went ahead and built a replica of this building in Minecraft 
and planned on blowing it up in Minecraft. Someone in chat says that, no, that can't be it, because that's FSS. Apparently, the acronym is for Federal Security Service. Even though that, that, they, Russia can't be this stupid, can they? Why don't they just call it the Federal Security Bureau? That way they'd actually keep their B. A copy paste that was just provided to me from from what I assume is Wikipedia is the Federal Security Security Service or FSB as the federal ex- executive body with the authority to implement government policy and the national security of the Russia Federation, counterterrorism, the protection of the defense and sa- of the state border of the Russia Feder- Federation, the protection of internal seawaters, the territorial sea. Just good job. I just want to know. With Facebook trying to create the metaverse, trying to create a world and virtual reality where actions within this world have real life consequences, mostly for the betterment of everyone else. Does this mean that Russia acknowledges Minecraft as its own metaverse? Excuse me. Apparently that statement I just read is from a Russian government site. Incredible. Absolutely. Incredible. So apparently in Russia, we're going with... uh, China levels of we want to monitor everything you ever think on the internet with trying to go ahead and manipulate now what you do in Minecraft I just I just can't even folks that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you, this of course was not everything we had. There's still more that we couldn't fit into the two hours that this show is. And you can see it at anchor.fm slash Eagle Eyes on Tech. Our bonus episode available to subscribers. And check out our daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, four minutes every morning with fresh content. And of course, Check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and hopefully you have a great day.
computer, please go and delete all history of all things I've ever done in Minecraft. I can't let them know that I've been creating weapons of mass destruction in my own Minecraft server just to watch a hole be burrowed all the way down to bedrock. Also, they can't find the creeper generator. All of this must be destroyed before they find out that I've blown stuff up for fun. Seriously, what the heck, Russia?